Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. This is the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally on your favorite podcast sites, where you'll also find a library of all of our shows. And by the way, so it's Spotify, Pandora, and Apple. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. That's correct. And if you happen to live in Charleston, South Carolina, we're heard Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., on the iconic 1250 WTMA. And here she is, the woman who puts uh, the energy in Berlinski. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Robin Berlinski. Hello, Robin. Hi, Ron. How are you? I'm great. And, you know, I must tell you, I always used to think I had energy. And then I met you. And Aww. now I have no energy. I'll take that as a compliment. You Thank you. All right. Well, what's on our schedule today? We've got some business oh to do before we jump in. Yes. So um, if you're listening on the radio, don't forget, as Ron said, we have podcasts, many more to listen to. But also remember to follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski. There are a lot of prizes, lots of giveaways. I've been following you on, uh, I guess, Instagram and Facebook and, and watching this whole procedure. First of all, it's great fun to know that people are listening and being affected by what you're doing. And oh, my bringing gosh. The right? And the parents are signing up every Friday in June and July through July 14th. I'm having a parent live Zoom call. And last week, the parents who were signed up, received a 100 set Unifix cube in their mail. So you got to come to these Zoom calls with parents because we're giving stuff away. It's so cool. And and not to point out the obvious, but this day of digital technology that we live in, the fact that your podcast is on all of these major podcast suppliers, we're talking about really thousands, if not more, impressions from people. And I know you're getting a lot of feedback from people who love the show and it's very satisfying, I must say. So again, congratulations yeah. for having the genius vision. Thank you. I didn't know this was going to be a Robin Fest. I, I would have dressed better today. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> well, today's exciting because we're taking a field trip. We're going to go through the science standards. Now, in South Carolina, we do, we do not use the Common Core Standards, which most states do use. All right. Can you do me a favor? Mm -hmm. Explain to me and others out there also scratching their heads. What does that mean, Common well, Core Standards? Well, the Common Core Standards were created so that there would be a, a common um, group of standards that teachers across the country. So if you move from Kansas to Arkansas, you know that your child in third grade will be covering the same standards. So. Okay. They're not much different. And, and I will say that, you know, South Carolina standards do align pretty well. But the Common Core standards are only in math and English language art. So you still have to come up with your own social studies and science standards. But our South Carolina standards are in revision currently. So when I'm working with parents right now, I'm using the ones we currently have because you want to know what's happening in the classroom. But they will revise, you know, a little bit. We're not going to change our entire, you know, curriculum. But... They will change a little bit. So today we're going to take a field trip, kindergarten through fifth grade. So it's summer and we're already thinking of the new school year because the new school year starts the summer before. That's right. So what we're going to do is um, I'm just going to give you an overview of the core areas in each of the grade levels. And then we're going to take a field trip, a little deep dive into each of them to do something fun this summer. So kindergarten, the three core areas of the kindergarten standards for South Carolina Life science is exploring organisms and the environment. Earth science is exploring weather patterns. And physical science is exploring properties of objects and materials. We're going to get into that one in a minute. In first grade, the four core areas of those standards are physical science is exploring light and shadows. 
Earth science is exploring the sun and moon and also Earth's natural resources. And then life science for first grade is plants and their environments. In second grade, they have four core areas. Earth science is weather. Physical science is properties of solids and liquids and exploring pushes and pulls. And life science we're going to explore in a minute is animals and their environments. So fun. So third grade in physical science, they study properties and changes in matter and also energy transfer, electricity and magnetism. And then earth science is the earth's materials and resources and life science is environments and habitats. Fourth grade, if you have a rising fourth grader next year, earth science, they will study weather and climate and stars and the solar system. And in physical science, forms of energy, light and sound. We're going to get into that because you know I love energy. And then life science is characteristics and growth of organisms. And then lastly, if you have a rising fifth grader next year in science, in physical science, they will be studying matter and mixtures. And in earth science, changes in landforms and oceans. And I have a fun activity for that coming up. And physical science is forces and motion. And life science is interdependent relationships in ecosystems. So if you're ready, Ron, I'm ready to dip my toe into all these grade levels and show you one example of something you can do this summer. I hope I can understand because it sounds like things have gotten a lot more complicated <laughs> since I was in you kindergarten so? through first yeah. grade or whatever. Well, they, they have and they haven't. Um, we can make it complicated. Something that I've learned working with parents is um, just recently, last Friday on our, our Zoom call, the math we did was number cents and um, fractions. And the parents were very surprised to learn that using these Unifix cubes that I mailed out to everybody as a free bonus were so easy when you could show your child what one eighth actually looks like uh, taking the yes. Unifix cubes. So again, manipulatives and are so great in math and science because they take that abstract con- concept and make it more concrete. All right. I put on my glasses for theater of the mind. Let's I love go on it. this field trip. I love it. Let's go on our field trip. Hop on the bus. So kindergarten, I told you we would explore physical science, which is exploring properties of objects and materials. And in the standards, it says that students by the end of kindergarten will have a conceptual understanding that objects can be described and classified by their observable properties so or by their uses. So it would be... Um, different properties suited for different purposes. So an example of this, we could do size, shape, color, texture, weight, flexibility is a cool one, attraction to magnets or ability to sink or float. And you're going to classify these objects by whether or not they can do those things. So it's a lot of um, visualizing and observing. Um, Really cool, a great rainy day activity this summer to align with the kindergarten science standard is to add a little poetry to this. So one of my favorite poems, one of my favorite poets is Shel Silverstein. Oh, I know him so well. Don't you love him? Can I, as long as we're talking about it, Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage (laughs) out. Garbage out. out. Love that one. Yep. And then this one I'm thinking of for today is called What's in the Sack? Yes. And it's like, what's in the sack? What's in the sack? So take a pillowcase and fill it with stuff that has different textures. And then let your child, without looking, reach in and explain 
what they're uh, feeling. Is it heavy? Is it soft? Is it, sh- you know, shiny in a way they would describe? Because you, you see shiny, but they feel shiny because it's slick. You can talk about things like that and then, wh- you know, pull them out and categorize them. So a fun way to take a poem and turn it into something related to kindergarten science standards. Another cool thing, we're in a pool in the summer, right? So sinking and floating, those are great opportunities when you're in the pool this summer to talk about that or taking a bath, same thing. But what I like to do is take two hula hoops. And you know, one of the math uh, vocabulary words is set. You know, when you look at math in sets, numbers in sets. Mm -hmm. So you take a hula hoop, you put them side by side, two hula hoops, and you've got two sets. And you ask your child, everything that sinks will be in this set. And you set it inside that hula hoop and everything that floats will be in this set. And then you've got some great vocabulary, pulling in some math, but identifying those science standards. I love it. So fun. And you're in the pool anyway. So why not tap into some kindergarten science standards? In first grade, super cool in physical science, they learn about light and shadows. And this is so cool because students analyze and interpret data from observations to compare how light behaves when it shines on different materials. They conduct structured investigations to answer questions about how shadows change when the position of the light source changes, and they develop and use models to describe what happens when light shines on mirrors based on observations and data collected. And I want to point something out here because this is really cool. Guess what? Everything we're talking about right now in this first grade physical science set of standards is Fourth grade, physical science, forms of energy, light, and sound. So this is so cool because if you have a rising first grader this summer doing these cool activities are actually going to set the foundation for a few years from now in fourth grade when you're studying for this really hard science test. This is going to be so easy because this summer you're going to be talking about reflection when light balances off an object refraction, that's the bending of light, Mm -hmm. and absorption when light gets converted to another form of energy. And a great example is black pavement. The pavement, when the sun hits it, becomes hot. So that energy is shifting. So just talk about that when you're in kindergarten and first grade. And oh my gosh, in fourth grade, that science test is a breeze. Another thing in fourth grade, so I know we're still in first grade in our field trip, but I'm jumping ahead so you know where we're going. In fourth grade, how light behaves when it strikes transparent, translucent, and opaque materials. Mm. And I love this one. Transparent, light passes through. Translucent, light partially passes through. So think of like wax paper. And then opaque, that's a solid. Light does not pass through. So again, these are fourth grade standards, fourth grade vocabulary. But since you're exploring light and shadows in first grade, why not talk about it? Make it part of your daily language when there's no pressure and no stress to know it for a test. Setting up your kids for success later on. Yes, I love it. So in second grade, life science, let's look at that. Animals and their environments. So here's where summer vacations and day trips support education. If you're going anyway to the aquarium or the zoo, throw these things out there. This vocabulary is going to be super helpful when you're in second grade. And these are... Um, communicating information to classify animals such as mammals, 
birds, amphibians, reptiles, fish, or insects. And you're basing this on their physical characteristics, which is what you look at when you're at the zoo. And then the other piece of this standard is to construct explanations for how structures, including structures for seeing, hearing, grasping, protection, locomotion, and obtaining and using resources of different animals help them survive. So again, if you're visiting aquariums and zoos and you talk about how the animals are classified, you are supporting the second grade standards. And what's super cool, if you think about the zoo, some of the names of the exhibits sometimes give you those answers like the reptile hut and the amphibian (laughs) room. You know, like (laughs) you as parents don't even have to figure it out. The, The signs are already there. And then talk about physical characteristics. This is what you want to do when you're at the zoo. Like things like wings, beaks, claws, paws, fur, gills, things you don't really think about. You're observing, but you want to point it out to your children so they start to notice how reptiles differ from amphibians. And again, when that science test in second grade comes up, you will spend way less time studying if you talk about this when you're at the zoo this summer. So cool. I just, I love the, the the visual aspect of this. I mean, as you've taught me so many times during these shows, it's a much more effective tool, isn't it? It's so much more effective because it's like a slow drip. Yeah. It's not like, come on, we got to study for this test. And it's like over years, you're using this vocabulary and kids are just naturally exposed to it so that when it's time, they say, well, I don't have to study. Like We've been talking about refraction and reflection for three years. I know what it is. It's part of my natural life. But again, what I hear from parents is, if I don't know, I don't do. But the fact that I now know these vocabulary words, I'm using them. We're Again, we're at the zoo anyway. I might as well talk to my child about what they're observing. Love it. So let's go to third grade, earth science. Earth's materials and processes so here's our fun rainy- by the way you can make anything sound exciting <laughs> Go ahead. i love it tell my kids that tell my kids that here's a fun rainy summer afternoon project so the standard for this third grade um, science is to develop and use models to describe the characteristics of earth's continental landforms and classify the landforms as volcanoes mountains valleys Canyons, plains, and islands. So here's our fun rainy day activity. You ready? We'll build the landforms. And did you ever do those science projects where you got like a slab of wood? And yes. You, okay. Yeah, yes. So here we go. This okay. is where you're getting that out. So parents, build those landforms. There are many ways to do it. You can use newspaper and just tape it together. You can, clay is great, Play-Doh. But the salt dough, that's my favorite. Is that how you made yours? I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Take two parts flour, one part water, one part salt, stir oh, it up, oh, 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 and you, yes, you can yes, make yes, 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 yes. volcanoes and Yes, mountains. the volcano. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so then you know what's coming next. <laughs> yeah, I know you know. Baking soda, dish soap, oh, yes. and vinegar <laughs> erupts <laughs> your volcano. And guess what? This is an additional science standard. So, Fifth grade physical science is what happens to the properties of substances when two or more substances are mixed together. Well, now here you are in a third grade math standard with your child and you're tapping into a fifth grade, or I'm sorry, a science standard with your third grader. You're, tip, you're tapping into a fifth grade science standard by talking about mixtures. So much learning that again, if you're doing it anyway, use the vocabulary, point it out. 
Love it. So let's move into fourth grade. Physical science, forms of energy, light and sound. This is honestly one of my favorite ones. So construct scientific arguments to support the claim that white light is made up of different colors. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay, so fun. A prism, a prism. So I have this um, triangular shaped paperweight that someone gave me once. And, um, you know, I've just had it on my desk over the years. And it is the coolest thing when the sun shines on it because it creates all the colors. It 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 is just so beautiful. And I never knew why. Mm. I, you know, things happen, but you point it out to your child and then all of a sudden there's all this intense learning. So a prism is a glass or other transparent object. So that would be my paperweight. And in optics, a piece of glass or other transparent material cut with precise angles and plane faces, it's useful for analyzing and reflecting light. So an ordinary triangular prism can separate white light into its constituent colors called a spectrum. So that is what my paperweight does. And if you have a similar kind of triangular glass piece that you can shine the light into and show the different ways the colors come out, you talk about this with your child and you talk about how the white light is broken up into its component parts and we can see all the colors in the form of the beautiful rainbow. Roy G. Biv. Did you learn Roy G. Biv? No, but I know what that means now. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And there you have it. So kids can really dive in and explore the light when they're working with this fourth grade fun standard. I I just think this is so impactful. I mean, I'm sitting here with a smile on my face. This is bringing (laughs) back all these memories from from years ago. Exactly. And again, hands-on learning is so memorable. I remember a few years back, we had a um, plasticity PhD presenter at an event, and she helped us understand better how kids learn. And something she said that I will never forget is, Our brains do not have a space in them where you learn fractions. So a third grader in that brain does not have a space where it's ready to absorb all the information they need to know to understand fractions. But there are spaces in our brain ready to understand experiences. Hmm. And that is the sponge. And so to take, again, when I talk about the Unifix cubes I gave away last week to parents, how you can show fractions taking apart Unifix cubes, that's that piece in the brain. That's that plasticity that changes and they become more aware and have a deeper understanding of the concept because they did it. But again, there's no space in your brain where you can open it up and learn about fractions. You have to have the experiences. And that's what this is all about. Well, I love your concept of you're going anyway. You're going anyway. Turn it into a learning experience. And, you and have that a rainy applies day. anywhere. Yeah. Rainy days. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, read. You can only read so many books for seven hours and reading is great. How about pull out some flour and, you know, make something or again, talk, you know, get the hula hoops and categorize something. And it again is about knowing the vocabulary so you can say those words that will connect to that experience. And then when those words, that vocabulary shows up on a science test in one, two, three, four, five years, it's just part of their everyday vocabulary. There's no more, you don't need to study. You just need to review it and you've got it. I mean, I'm telling you, this is magic. 
Well, I believe you. <laughs> Are there places parents can go for resources and opportunities to, to learn how to do this better? Yes and no. Um, definitely come to my Friday uh, workshops. <laughs> Thank you for teeing that up. That was kind up. of my lead but, in. Well, and I will tell you, starting <laughs> in September, I do um, school year monthly 90-minute live Zooms with parents by grade-level bands so that we can get real deep into this as the grade um, as the school year unfolds. So that registration will open at the end of the summer for September through May of the next school year. And in August, I'll just do a quick shout out and then we're going to dive into the fifth grade standards. Um, August 7th through the 11th, I'm hosting five days of free live parent Zooms to get ready. Here we are, school year's here. It's August 7th through 11th. Let's dive right in. So I call it my parent summer intensive. And again, it's free. There's prizes every day and we're going to launch right in and explore all of what we're doing today, but for all the standards. And how do people get in touch with you for this? Uh, Follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski, but also reach out Robin at thelearningring.com and let me know that you want to sign up for the Fridays we're doing now through July 14th. Those are 1230 to one o'clock every Friday. Again, lots of giveaways. This Friday we're doing reading and I'm giving away a book that one of my friends has authored. She's um, a new friend I met recently and I'm so excited to give away this book. So lots of fun things. Do you ever meet anyone who doesn't become a friend? (laughs) I won't say that on air, but yes. Okay, so fifth grade, let's go to earth science. This is changes in landforms and oceans. Okay. Well, guess what? If you needed a reason to go to the beach this summer, here it is. Develop and use models to explain the effect of the movement of ocean water, including waves, currents, and tides on the ocean shore zone, including beaches, barrier islands, estuaries, and inlets. So there are your vocabulary words, parents, when you're out walking on the beach or when you're exploring the low country of South Carolina, point out what these things are and what they mean. Currents and tides, do you really know what they are? Do you want to look at a tide chart? Talk about it? Absolutely. Why is the tide low? What does it have to do with the moon? Oh my gosh, so much to explore. And you're at the beach. Why not talk about it? And again, we're not making it flashcardy, sit down and let me beat this into your head. These are natural conversations that just by the nature of what you're doing as a parent, you go, oh, look at that. That's refraction. Or, oh, do you know why this is called absorption? Or just talk about it. But again, a slow drip. They're not going to get it the first time. They may not get it the second time. And that's why studying for tests can be so stressful. And that's why the slow drip model works. Because over time, over and over and over again, they just naturally know it. So is it fair for me to say that um, if you're out and about and you don't know, you know what, everybody has a cell phone. And as much as we hate them for a number of reasons, one thing in my house is, you know what, let's find out and go right to Google or whatever. There's no excuse not to know something. So going to the beach, give me some uh, words and phrases or, you know, what should my fifth grader know about coming to the beach? I'll bet there'll be plenty of options. And you know what, that's such a great point. When I taught fifth grade, my students would ask me amazing questions. Now, when I taught fifth grade, there was no Google, but (laughs) (laughs) I would say, you know, I don't know, but let's find out. Let's find out. And we did. And that's really the thing that's so cool is as adults, we can't know everything. We grow up and we kind of go into some kind of track or a profession. We know some, a 
a lot about one little thing, but we don't know a lot about everything. And that's what's great for kids to see too, is that we don't know everything, but there are ways to find out Mm -hmm. and let's find out together. It's a great idea. I mean, and there's no excuse. Honestly, today there's no excuse. There's no excuse. To not know something. I mean, I'm excited about going. My kids are grown at this point, but I'm going to still question them and see what they know. I'll give you another um, uh, resource. One of my favorite, both as parent and teacher, is Steve Spangler Science. It's, I believe, stevespangler.com. I don't have any interest in the business. I I get nothing by telling you this. But as a parent and as a teacher, that website has almost any kind of kit for any kind of learning. And um, something we used to do at the Children's Museum, they have UV beads and they're really cute. They come in a bag, huge bag, and they're all white. But when they're exposed to UV light, they change colors. So you can make little um, bracelets and you go out in the sun. And as they change color, you realize what the sun is actually doing and how it's impacting your skin. And I've seen science experiments where they'll put them in different bags and put different types of sunscreen on top and see which sunscreen works the best. So there's a lot of different experiments you can do. But things like that are so fun. And there's another one that you can make snow. It's this powdered substance. And again, mixtures and solids. This is a lot of chemistry. And you mix it up and it becomes cold. Why is it doing that? Mm. And it, it expands and it you know, he calls it snow. So it's kind of fun to have snow in July or over the summer. So, so many great science resources at stevespangler.com. I'm going to throw you a curveball because you know how we like to ask guests who their favorite teacher uh-huh. were in the past. Was there somebody in your past that did these hands-on tactile uh, descriptors uh, that you just remembered? And this is something that you've been so fond of. I mean, you know, it's great for everybody and everybody should learn this, but was there anybody uh, that to put you on the spot? No, you don't. It doesn't put me on the spot at all. My sixth grade teacher, Mr. Plyder, I've mentioned him before. He was very much into real learning experiences. So I did remember that. But I will tell you the person that had the most impact on me was when I was at the Children's Museum. So it was in my early adulthood that uh, the director, then um, director Lisa Collins, was really impactful on me as an adult teacher of children because the way she embraced fun and joy and and um, a possibility. So anything we were thinking of developing for the Children's Museum always started with, oh my God, it would be so cool if they could do that. And then we would whittle it down into something that's really doable. But what I learned from her is take kids out of that skill and drill worksheet sitting at a desk type learning and really get them embraced in an environment where they're surrounded by the whatever it is and great things happen. And she's amazing. I just think the exercise of, of taking kids maybe out of their comfort zone, one thing you already mentioned today is putting all these items in a bag and letting somebody reach in and describe what they're touching. I think that's brilliant. And and I can see the class just totally getting into yelling out suggestions and you right. know, trying to be, and maybe hopefully pulling it out and you've guessed correctly. And I keep looking right. at this water bottle that you have sitting here on the counter and what would that feel like? And, and, and you can't bend it and it's kind of smooth but bumpy and all these things and it's heavy and then you pull it out it's amazing how everyday objects without being able to see them are confusing just by feel well i have to say robin uh you know how quickly these shows fly by and you did a fabulous job today because every time i come in here i i I get to learn something too i love it i never say science is fun science is so fun i love fuzz i love science Uh, a little bit of business before we say goodbye this is your business. Follow you on Instagram. My business, and- so please follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski. Lots of prizes. 
Very good. Well, you've been listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we'd love your feedback at thelearningring.com, where you can also reach out to Robin with questions or comments and even chances to win prizes. So thanks for joining us. Until next time.